Action Network podcast. Are you going to place a bet or what? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. We're back with our expert's guide to betting series. This is the NHL edition. I'm your host, Maria Marino, joined by Action Network NHL experts, Michael Leboff and Nick Martin, also hosts of our hockey betting podcast, Line Change. Before we get into best practices for betting NHL, I just want to find out what makes you an expert on betting hockey. Mike, we'll start with you. Yeah, I've been doing this for quite a while now, a decade, and I've been running Action Network's NHL arm for half of that time, I would say, as just a hockey fan in general. I'm I'm very familiar with the sport, kind of the ebbs and flows of it. I've learned who to learn from, if that makes sense, like folks like Nick Martin, uh, who's along with us here, and and some of our other action analysts, other people in the space as well, and being able to take what what they do best and blend it with some of the stuff that, that I do well, all of that has added up to uh, me still here doing this. Nick, how long have you been betting on the NHL? So I've been going at it for about eight or nine years. Huge hockey fan my whole life, grew up playing hockey. So about eight or nine years, and then about five years where I've really been serious and really understood how things work and and been uh, a level beyond what I would say is kind of a casual and where I really merged a good understanding of hockey with a good understanding of, of how to handicap at a high level. Mike, what kind of unique challenges does the NHL present from a betting perspective? For one, the NHL is a sport that is uh, played on ice with a bunch of guys skating around with knives on their feet. And it's just incredibly random. One game of hockey is about as random as you can get when you consider the environment that that these athletes are playing in. Uh, So that's one. You can also use these challenges to your advantage, which is, you know, to play into that variance uh, more often than not. Uh, Number two is just the lack of media coverage and news compared to the other sports. Understanding what lineup in in it, ins and outs mean in the NHL is a little bit more difficult to quantify than say in the NBA where the rotation is a lot different compared to to hockey. You know, it's, it truly is, you know, it's a cliche, but it is a team sport and one player as a general rule of thumb isn't going to have a gigantic impact on on a betting line. But where it really does and and Nick can explain this better than anybody I know in the space is is coming down to to goaltending and understanding the rhythms of an NHL season and kind of the general rules that that every NHL team follows uh, when it comes to their goalies. 90% of the time or higher now, teams will not go back to back with their starter. So right away, if you see a line that's five and a half and it doesn't really make sense, it looks like it has to be a team implying their starters going the next night. A lot of times you can get an easy half goal on a total, sometimes even more where all you're doing is assuming that the starter's not going to go back to back, which I think it's a really good example of where it's annoying for more novice betters because you aren't going to have confirmation on these sorts of things. But it's actually a good thing if you're going to view it that way and use it to your advantage more often. But I think it's just another one of those things that lets the NHL be such a good sport to handicap. The last one I'll say just for props, in the NHL, prop markets don't get adjusted as much as other sports based on absences. So... You can pick off these ones where midday, say someone's going to sit. If you can understand who that benefits the most very quickly, you can try to get on someone's lines with shot props. The majority of it is just how much time they're going to play. And obviously that's a big part of prop betting with the NFL and with the NBA. But I just think that odds makers are a lot more on it with those sports in terms of like, if a big name drops out, props get cut off, they reopen later with new numbers that 
are adjusted. Whereas in the NHL, typically you do have a window where you can try to get some, some bets in uh, before the news is fully hit. How can a regular listener out there actually become good at betting the NHL? What does it take for casuals and fanatics alike, Mike? Well, the good news is that the NHL market is uh, a lot softer compared to the NFL, the NBA, college football, basically any other sport um, that Americans tend to bet. Um, the NHL is probably at the bottom of the list, which is it sounds frustrating for a fan from a fan perspective, but for better, it's good news because it means that bookmakers aren't as quick to adjust. They aren't paying attention to everything. You know, by saying that, I'm not saying like you can catch bookmakers sleeping on, on money lines uh, for like a, a, a game, but the derivatives of, you know, player props and stuff like that, that all kind of, uh, that all kind of works to the, to your advantage here because you can, beat a bookmaker to a, a soft line on a on a player prop if maybe some guy got scratched or there was a trade or or something you can you can do it in the NHL whereas like in the NFL since it's just nonstop 24/7 365 uh the people sending the lines are are on the ball with with just about everything um so realizing that is is important and then of course getting used to just general betting 101 concepts that you can then apply to hockey whether it's you know trying not to chase steam, making sure you're getting the best number, shopping around, knowing the ebbs and flows of a season, taking it in, in um, into consideration, stuff like rest and, and schedule spots, travel, uh, all that kind of stuff. But the good, like I said, the good news is like if, if you're on the ball with that kind of stuff, you, you stand a legitimate chance, especially compared to uh, the NFL, the NBA, college football, et cetera. Nick, anything you want to add there? And when or how do you think you developed from sort of casually betting to truly understanding the landscape of the NHL? Yeah, I think I always had a good understanding of the sport. But when I developed into like a, a much stronger handicapper was when you really get into all the good stuff with bankroll management and all those good things that really do matter. You're, you're definitely, they're all very important. And I think it was kind of when I really had that understanding of like just getting the best numbers, how lines move, how those are going to pay off in your ultimate edges where nobody's good enough to win, like especially betting sides on the NHL and, and all sports. Obviously, it's the same for NFL and NBA. No one's good enough to win without claiming those those best lines, without getting on things early when you know the prices are going to move and that sort of thing. You just can't cover that in this day and age. So I think once I kind of got into a place where I, understood those things and really found a way to make sure I got money in at the right times. And, and that sort of thing to create the greatest edge is when I started to really get somewhere with it. So guys, help us establish a foundation for betting this sport. Nick, you mentioned having a pulse on everything that's going on. What are the other pillars that we need to know going into this? With overnight bets, if you really keep a pulse on it, there are lines that are just so soft where I would say with a high degree of confidence, it's just wrong. Like it's just off the, what the actual number should be. And you can really pick apart those numbers if you bet early and getting to the point where you understand enough things to really get which numbers are off is a really complicated conversation. That's where you truly need to understand all of these little intricacies of the sport, but you can get there. And, and one of the 
reasons it's the best to work at is that the NHL does clearly have some softer lines than other sports. The NFL, for example, if the Jacksonville Jaguars are playing in London, like the next week, the bookmakers, they're going to know that, right? They're going to make sure that they're going to adjust for that travel. Whereas in the NHL, like you'll have situations where a team is on its fourth, fourth game at six nights and they just traveled from Nashville across the country to Philadelphia. And maybe they're playing the Flyers who aren't good, but that's a great spot for Philly, right? Like, and, and it's because it's the NHL that adjustment's not going to come until the morning when the quote unquote real market opens up and the big money bets come in on, let's say an underdog like Philadelphia waiting uh, for a favorite traveling across country in a bad schedule spot. So as Nick said, like identifying those spots the night before and betting into them is really important. And for recreational bettors who are listening to the show, like you can get your bets down the night before in the NHL and and you'll beat the market if if you can identify those spots. And whereas if you know, Aaron Rodgers, just someone saw him sneeze on the sidelines, like the next, the next week, that number is going to be adjusted. So betting early is key. This is why Line Change, which is Action Network's hockey betting podcast hosted by the two of you, records and releases twice a week the night before the slate. Very good to know. Um, any other fundamentals we missed, Mike? Yeah, I would just get very familiar with um, you know some of some of the predictive metrics that Nick and I like to use, which is um, it's funny because soccer and hockey end up being very similar in, in handicapping. Uh, and you, you think about to do sp- two sports and uh, there's not all that much in common, including the surface that is played on and the number of players on the surface that it is played on. Um, expected goals is probably the the most important one to start with. That's that's usually where Nick and I um, build off of. That kind of tells you what team is generally tilting the ice in either the right or wrong direction. Um, and we we tend to look at five on five metrics much more than we'll look at special teams because it's just a lot more volatile when you bring those things in. Of course, teams can profile well as a, a with a with a great power play, and and that helps. Of course, it's Boston, Toronto, uh, these kind of teams have had terrific power plays uh, in the recent past, and you have to adjust for that. But for for the most part, for most of the teams in this league, you're you're looking at five on five numbers like expected goals and and shot attempts, high danger chances, stuff like that, and uh, seeing do do their actual results mat, match up with their predictive metrics and if not is there a reason to it if if there isn't maybe that's a team that'll be under or overvalued uh in the market so trying to keep an eye out for for trends like that is uh is quite important um in betting the nhl and, and in other sports of course as well what are the most important tools resources and other data points that you and nick use on a nightly basis and you know what should be in your toolkit as a sharp hockey better? Yeah, the first thing is to just get familiar with what do these odds mean, right? Like minus 150, what does that actual mean, actually mean in terms of uh, what, what am I betting? Well, you're betting a, te- a team, does the team win over X percent or do you think a team is going to win over X percentage of the time? Uh, so once you get familiar with like implied probabilities, I think then you can start to build in other kind of betting tools, if you will. In terms of stats, expected goals, we use it all the time. I look at stuff like shot attempts, uh, team, like save percentage against expected save percentage. Is the team's defensive metrics just being propped up by a goalie who is standing on his head? We saw this with the most recent Stanley Cup playoffs with the Florida Panthers, who everyone was talking about how well they were playing defensively, but because they weren't letting up many goals. But when you actually watch the games, and this is a point of that Nick made throughout the entire uh, their entire run, was 
they were having defensive breakdowns. Their, their goaltender was just bailing them out. So when you kind of marry together, like high danger chances and, and save percentages and a, as a goalie, just red hot right now and, and making those high danger chances go away because he's, he's playing out of his mind or vice versa. The team's doing well defensively, but a goalie is uh, n- not playing up to snuff, like using your eyes. Like if you're a hockey fan, you can trust that you can, you can spot a team that's playing well or playing poorly uh, for, for three or four game samples. So all these things kind of marry into one big toolkit, I guess, if you will. The majority of NHL betting is on money lines, but I also think this is a fun area to tie together. Like I think there are unique spots where you can play reverse puck lines profitably and play some puck lines. So a standard puck line is minus one and a half. A lot of the times these come down to empty nets. So it's a whole new bet and it's a whole new kind of world you're getting into when the vast majority of puck lines are going to get settled on an empty net, which is close to 50-50. Your whole bet's going to come down to one moment at the end of the game in the final minute and 30, which is interesting. And yeah, I just think it's one more thing to understand where you're going to try to decide whether you'd rather play a team straight up or with a puck line. In general, they're going to have a, same, a similar eventual value. Sometimes the way I'll do it is if I, especially with an underdog, if I think it's a spot where they could really show out, maybe I'll get on a reverse puck line where you get a really long price. And then the other way that's working in the NHL is three-way money lines are quite popular. And I actually really like three-way money lines, which is just where tie is a result, away team win is a result, and home team win is a, is a result. And it's just another way to get a slightly better price on a home team but like I said, it's going to run with a similar eventual value to just a regular money line. Some people just don't want to lay minus 220. So you might play a three-way money line for minus 150. Can you just touch on, Mike, the sort of media schedule? And also, you talked about the lack of robust media or the less robust media and do you feel like that makes coaches just have less accountability and then um, in effect, information becomes more scarce? Uh, yeah, NHL coaches and anyone employed by these teams, they they just lie all the time. <laughs> so they're just not, and, and you know, whatever. They're, they're trying to get an edge in their own world. And it is less accountability from the media. I don't think that, you know, an NFL coach can get away with some of the stuff that uh, NHL coaches get away with because it would become a national story, you know, it'd be on first take and, and stuff like that. And whereas like an NHL coach can, can just lie to you all season long and nobody is <laughs> nobody outside of like the hockey sphere is, is going to even notice it. Uh, so as a general rule, we just always wait for, for morning skates, which are usually, usually 10 or 11 AM local time, uh, whether that's in Pacific central or Eastern. Uh, and by that time, like the, the, the lineup you see on the ice is almost always going to be uh, the the one that you're going to see that night. But if you can, like as Nick was saying before, if you can have an idea of what a coach is thinking, even before they confirm it, you're going to beat the market more often than not to a goalie change, sometimes to a player being injured. You just want to be on top of that stuff. So if you're betting after the the morning skate, you might, it might be a little bit too late for stuff like that. So I would just do your, everything you can to kind of figure out the rhythms and and the coach speak. Mike, would you say the same sort of logic applies during the NHL offseason? And is there anything in particular that we should stay on top of during that time? I think so. Yeah, because a recent example would be that Nick and I, uh, as we wrapped up our season of line change for 2022-2023, we had a conversation at the end about how the Devils were set up to 
become uh they, they were already short a short price they were one of the top five favorites but the buzz around the devils were was that they were going to be pretty aggressive in trying to fill out the rest of their team they, they were maybe one or two pieces short of being a true true elite team uh in the league and they've already done that as we speak now uh and the two of us that had a conversation about we think the devils are going to end up as maybe the favorite or co-favorite to to win the stanley cup by the time the regular season starts we talked about some other teams down the board as well um, and that's just being in tune with with uh, with the league before anyone else. Like, how many people do you know are paying attention to the NHL uh, offseason? Um, I don't want to assume, but I'm going to guess it's it's probably a lot less than people who can tell you what you know Aaron Rodgers' favorite restaurant is in New York City, right? Like, it's 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 just not going to be a lot of people in your life. Uh, so if you can, if if you're one of those people, you stand a chance of understanding the landscape and which teams are set up to to make a jump uh, and and beat the market to that jump if before a big move is made before they sign a free agent etc right the news cycle in an NHL offseason does not seem to be nearly as active as it does for say the NFL or NBA all right a couple more quick questions for you guys before we wrap this up How would you describe just an ideal betting opportunity heading into any given NHL game, Nick? Whether there's one team that maybe hasn't had ideal results lately, or they're facing off a team that's heavily overvalued, and it just sets up as a spot where the number has gotten way too long. You can see where these teams are in terms of the kind of results that they should have been getting compared to what they have been getting. And that happens so much in hockey where the game's so random and a couple bounces will decide every outing this also ties into what we were saying with the bets a night before where most of the time those spots will pop out really quick you'll see the opening numbers come out and you'll you'll know that right away you really want to get on that and sometimes the line value that you will gain in the nhl is is kind of absurd like it only compares with other niche sports whereas like in football i'm seeing betters talk about it's crazy if they gain like a whole point a whole point and a half and you look at what that actually means in terms of um, where the money line moves to from where it was and it's not comparable at all like the nhl is regularly 40 cents 50 cents and that can just come with nothing happening that can just be money pouring in on one side and this uh, odds makers realizing probably where a number should have been to begin with mike would you agree that you also have to decipher just the results and what about the box score might be fluky yeah yeah nick nick put it pretty much perfectly and you can throw schedule spots like the one I alluded to before about a team maybe uh, playing a very busy schedule, tough schedule. Maybe they just ran a gauntlet. There's some some parts of the NHL schedule that are notorious for for teams from different parts of the country. For example, I'm on Long Island for the Islanders traveling out to like the Pacific Northwest when they play Seattle, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, and then they're coming home like that that game at home shouldn't they shouldn't really have a home ice advantage depending on you know if, if the other team is kind of p- playing a more normal uh travel schedule so stuff like that i always i always love to bet into um and like nick said if you're if you pull up a team and you look at their last 10 games and and you see and especially if it's a smaller market team let's say the senators or something uh and and they're losing eight out of ten be, and seven of those losses are one goals or overtime you you can tell that this team is probably better than than that two and eight record, uh, and maybe they're playing a, a team that has more name brand recognition, whether it's you know, Tampa Bay, Boston, whoever. Um, and maybe the opposite's true for them. And and you've noticed like this this team isn't playing as 
as well as their record portrays. And when those two teams collide, uh, that's that's my my favorite thing to to jump in on. And it's not a hard and fast rule that that bet is going to win, but more often than not, you'll you'll get a good number. What about live betting? How do you both approach that? Nick, we'll start with you. So live betting on the NHL, the main play that I'm looking to target is live sides. And it always involves a team that's trailing in a game. So they're just getting a long number on a team that's trailing, particularly late when the algorithms are really ramping up quickly. And in particular, certain teams, depending on their ability to play with a goalie pull and that sort of thing, that's kind of the main spot I look to target. Obviously, to be profitable live betting, you do need to have a heightened edge because they are taking extra juice compared to a, a normal bet. So you need to factor that in when you're doing regular percentages. Like I think a good example probably you don't want to do too often is five or six minutes into a game. You look at how a team is playing and it's zero zero, and you think now you've gained enough edge and enough knowledge from that five, six minutes of play to jump in. I think that's tough. But yeah, I, I do think that the NHL again, probably has better live edges than some sports. I don't know anybody who whose live betting strategy is to, to bet the team that goes ahead in the NHL early because you're going to pay a, a significant tax and it's such a, a random sport. And, and as we saw last season, that being the 2022-2023 season, there were more multi-goal comebacks than basically any time ever. In the NHL, scoring's up that increases variance uh and and all that stuff kind of dominoes into one of an, one one another if you're watching a full nhl game uh, uh if you're listening to this if you found this podcast you probably have an idea of of like the rhythm of a game and you can tell if a team maybe is on its heels a little bit despite being up 3-1 or or 2-1 late uh and and i would just trust your your instinct in those spots because uh you even though you're you're paying a tax lie betting no matter what like there are comebacks in the NHL all the time. Teams score in those last two minutes all season long. Uh, and if, if you think you can identify those spots and you feel it, like I think you're you're more than okay to trust yourself uh, if, if you've been watching that entire game and, and have a good feel for it. Let's end on this. Nick, for you, what is the ultimate thrill betting an NHL game? I'd stick with where we're at and just say betting on a team to that's losing to come back and win the game. You're obviously taking a really long number. So if you bet on a team down two one or whatever with seven minutes left and they tie it and come back and win, I think those are the most fun bets. You got to be careful not to do them too much and try to make sure you still have an understanding of like what the actual percentage chance of that happening is. But I don't think it gets better than uh, those live bets where your team's coming back from behind. Same for you, Mike. Yeah, for me, it's uh I love betting big underdogs in hockey. I love watching them get a, a multi-goal, maybe a 3 nothing lead, blowing that three-goal lead, uh, and then hanging on to win maybe in overtime or or getting a late goal. Uh, that, that's my favorite. It happens very rarely in, in an NHL season. But when you get to touch every emotion, which is you know the, the euphoria of backing a plus 275 underdog, watching them go out to a 3 nothing lead, then you get to go all the way to the bottom of the pit, watching them blow that three goal lead and then right back up to the top uh, by them cashing the bet. Uh, that That's hockey in a nutshell. The, the swings are are outrageous. And uh, that's when I, when I truly feel alive. 
<laughs> well, this has been the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel, our experts guide to betting series, NHL edition. For Michael Leboff and Nick Martin, I'm Maria Marino. Guys, where can anyone listening follow you? Uh, you can follow me uh, in the Action Network app at Leboff M. Uh, my Twitter is the Big Lebowski with two E's. Nick and I both uh, host our Action Network hockey betting podcast, uh, which you named before, Line Change with an exclamation point. And of course, you can find me at, at actionnetwork.com. I also write for our, our partnerships with the New York Post and Philadelphia Inquirer as well. I'm on the Action app at Nicholas K. Martin on Twitter at Nick M underscore hockey. And all my writing on game guides and day-to-day lives on the Action app as well. Yeah, if you haven't already, you've got to download the award-winning Action app. There are so many tools that you can take advantage of, including market reports. Also, be on the lookout for our other expert guides to sports betting with episodes being released throughout the summer right here on the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. Thanks again for listening. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.